Welcome to Iro Live with host Bob Bay. Well, first we discovered that there were certain needs that God put within us that he intended for him to meet. We see that in the garden. We found out that we were created in God's image as a triune being, body, soul, and spirit. We discovered that after the fall, our great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandparents <laughs> began trying to meet their own needs in ways that God did not intend, and we've been doing it ever since. Because we still need our needs met, right? We still have needs within us. And we are raised or we grow up in environments where many times those needs are not met. And so just out of who we are in our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions, when we have those unmet needs, we will do things to try and meet those needs, whatever they will be. As we grow up, we start out when we're little, we do different things to meet those needs. Sometimes we, we I, I call them needs, but sometimes they're wants. Sometimes we just feel like if we don't get that toy in the toy aisle of Walmart, we're just gonna lose our minds and uh, we throw, fall down in the middle of Walmart and throw a fit to get that toy. Maybe you didn't do that. So as we grow and we become young teenagers, those old ways of handling that a lot of times don't work. And so we begin to change and adapt as we grow up, adapt new ways to meet our needs, new coping skills, we'll call them. We begin to discover that we are not making connections, that the need to have relationships, God said it's not good that man should be alone. And when he was saying man, he meant mankind. And so we began to have trouble making real connections, meaningful connections in the three areas of relationships, that is the relationship with God, relationship with the people around us, and the relationship with ourselves, the way we speak about ourselves, the way we think about ourselves, and all of that. And that's where the two greatest commandments are based. Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. And I'm sure you guys have heard many times people talk about that if you don't love yourself, you can't love your neighbor. Not really. So often when we find ourselves in a, at a point of recovery or abuse survivor, PTSD, so many different things, we're not in relationships, we're not in healthy relationships to love people the way God intended, we're in relationships to get what we want out of them, to meet our needs. And so we become users or manipulators of people in order to get to meet those needs. That so often all of that is going on and we have no idea. We have no idea that that's actually what's happening. We don't understand it. Because that poor little kid who's throwing a fit in the middle of the Walmart toy aisle really does feel their feelings. They do feel like if they don't get that, they don't know what they're gonna do because they don't understand how to handle it. Unfortunately, the parent who's with them a lot of times doesn't know what to do either. 
And so they don't know how to handle it. So often we don't, we don't really understand what's going on in our lives. We don't get it. We hit what they might call bottom or we get to the point where we just don't know what to do. We can't, we can't stay the way we are, but we don't know how to change. And so often that's when God comes and gets us at that point and we begin to understand that we need him. And we do our best to try and surrender to him because we're not very good at having relationships and we're not very good at making connections in a meaningful way. We really struggle because we can't see God. We can't audibly hear him. Some people maybe can. We can't audibly hear him. We can't see him. So building a relationship with him is very difficult. Then put on top of that, the fact that we, there is an adversary, there is an enemy. So once you get past even the whole thing of coping skills or coping mechanisms, trying to meet our own needs, the inability to have meaningful relationships and making those meaningful connections, the difficulty of having a relationship with God because you can't see him or hear him. Many times because of that, you read the Bible and, and it, sometimes it doesn't make sense to us. It's hard to get to make that relevant to us today because that relationship with the Holy Spirit is not there. We're, it's difficult for us to identify that. Right. And the enemy is constantly coming after us to keep us from walking in that relationship. Dun, dun, dun. And so here we are. <laughs> I quit. I give up. <laughs> Don't quit yet. <laughs> So here we are. We're at the point where things have to change. We know God is the answer, but sometimes we're struggling to have that meaningful relationship with Him. We want to surrender to Him the best we know how. On the inside, we're crying out, God, you've got to do something. I can't live like this anymore. Many times in this situation, when we get to this point and we have to begin to face the truth, we have to begin to overcome that denial so difficult because we have we have learned a way to cope and we have learned a way to survive those skills are ingrained in who we are and to overcome that is incredibly difficult i'm just telling you right off this is not easy to face the truth in those things psychologically emotionally spiritually physically there are all these things that are working against us but greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. But so we come to this point and we have to make a choice. Throughout the rest of our lives, you know, I'm going I'm to talk for a second about repentance. And you guys know that I don't like to use the word sin very much. I know that that goes against a lot of things that people talk about. But this is why I say, I, it's not that I'm afraid of the word sin, but this is what I know happens. And I'll use this for an example. When I start talking about sin in groups of people, everybody has a different concept of what sin is in their life, right? Everybody has a different idea. And so I'll use this example from out of my life. I struggled in the past when I was young with alcoholism and drug addiction. God came and got me, walked me out of there, walked me through the process of sanctification, what we're doing right now, 
Walk me out of that. But for me to go and have a drink, one drink even, a beer, whatever, for me to have a drink is a sin. That is a sin for me. If I do that, that is what I would call a sin. Now, there are some people, whether you agree or not, I don't know. I mean, there are some people that it wouldn't necessarily be a sin for them to have a glass of wine with dinner. They can have a glass of wine. They can have a drink. It's not a sin for them. But for me, it's a sin. And so when you begin to talk about sin and, and what that is, the Bible's clear. There are different levels of sin. There are di- some people are held accountable for some things, and some people, other people aren't held accountable for those same things. And so this is what I've seen over the years. I've seen when I, if you begin to talk about sin in people's lives, they begin to do one of two things. They will either justify and rationalize why it's not sin for them, or they won't take responsibility for it, and they'll say, God loves me, he understands, and he will forgive me. And they go on and do it anyway. And it gives them permission to do it. They're not taking responsibility for it. I don't really like to talk about sin. I like to talk about the things that we either do or we don't do that will separate us from God or draw us closer to God. Like for me, take music. Music is really important for me. Worship is really important to me. I listen to worship music most of the day while I'm working. It's very important for me. That it fills me up. It, it, it's important for me. In my relationship with God, it's important for me to do that. Other people are different, right? Maybe music isn't that important to you. Maybe your thing is the Word. And you can just read the Bible for hours and hours, and you just love doing it. I enjoy doing research and on topics and all that too, but maybe your thing is prayer. Maybe you're called to intercession, and you just love that intimate time with God through prayer. Whatever your thing may be, it, it depends on your personality, it depends on your temperament, it depends on your calling, your giftings, whatever that is. For some people, they need to spend that extra time doing whatever that is to help them improve their relationship with God so that they in turn can have a better relationship with themselves and other people, right? For other people, it wouldn't be the same. It'd be different. It's different for all of us. You can't just cookie cutter and say, if you pray for 15 minutes a day, you read the word for 30 minutes a day, you worship for a half hour a day, and you do this for this amount of time, then everything will be wonderful. You can't do that. Everybody's different. Some people need more, and some people need less. That is what you'll determine in the choices, and that's why I say sometimes it's the things we don't do. Sometimes we need, there are things we should be doing that would draw us closer to God, help us build a more intimate relationship with God that we're not doing. And we know it. We know, right? (laughs) After a while, we know because we find ourselves, and this is how we end up knowing, if we're doing something or not doing something, after a little while, we find ourselves feeling distant from God and we realize, you know what? I haven't talked to God in two days. I haven't talked to God in three days. Or, you know what? I just can't help. I'm obsessing about whatever this thing is again. I'm craving whatever that thing is again. And so when we get to that point, we begin to know something's not right. And so that's why I say 
We need to stop asking ourselves, is the, are the choices we're making, are they sin or not sin? You should be asking, is this going to draw me closer to God or push me farther away? And I can assure you, some people may say, well, oh no, Bob, you can't do that because somebody may use that as a license to sin and say, oh yeah, it's drawing me closer. Well, let me tell you something. If you're doing something that God did not ordain in his word, and it's making you feel closer to God, you're not walking, you're not serving God. Right. right. There's something wrong. Right. And there's nothing I can do about that. Like putting a label on it and, and telling you you're going to hell or something like that is not going to change who you are. It's not going to change the choices you're making. You have to face that point and say, are the choices I'm making drawing me closer or pushing me farther away? And so we're beginning to look at the things in our lives, patterns and cycles in our lives that are happening over and over again. The things in our lives take us individually. In our lives, we see things, talking of going back to the thing of building a relationship and getting closer to God or getting farther away. We can see those patterns and after a time, I talk to a lot of people about this and they, and they can see that pattern they stop reading the Bible, they stop praying, and then it's not long, they stop going to church or going to meetings or whatever it may be, and pretty soon they're right back where they were. And that keeps happening over and over and over again. Those are cycles and patterns. We have to make a time to look at these things. Right. We have to. We have to stop and look at our lives and look at what's going on in our lives. We have to be aware and we have to be intentional. We have to live life on purpose because if we don't, we will wander around aimlessly and flounder. We will just survive, we will not thrive. We have to live on purpose. We have to be open. When we have the Holy Spirit within us, He is always talking to us always constantly talking with us i should say to us maybe because we're not always listening we don't always want to hear what he has to say i want to say we have to get to the point where we're open to hearing what he has to say and to looking at the truth of our lives but this is the thing we cannot be open to that in and of ourselves we can't just say okay i'm going to be open and listening to god no we have to say god Please help me. Give me the strength and the courage to be open, to see what you want me to see, to have the courage to face the things that you want me to face, to understand the things that you want me to understand. And then, after we've asked him to do that, we have to, this is the only way I can say it, we have to fall back into him. That's the only way I can describe like a physical action of surrender to God. We have to fall back into Him. You know the, the trust fall thing where you, you, you fall backwards and everybody catches you. It is a scary thing to just fall back. At the last second, I've done it a couple of times. At the last second, you know, you're like, well, these jokers going to catch me. But that's what we need to do with God. We need to trust fall back into Him. We need to Actually, it's probably more forward into him, into his arms. We need to be willing to just let go and trust him. 
We need to trust that he's going to give us what we need. And that is trusting, getting to that point where we're able to say, okay, God, you know, but this is like I was talking earlier when I was praying, help my want to, want to. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Just to be open to God. This is how I feel about this. I'm afraid. I'm whatever it may be. God, please do in, in me whatever you have to do to get me to that point. Do whatever you have to do to get me so that I can just trust you. Then, as he begins to speak to you about the things, these things going on in your life that are separating you from him, or if he begins to talk to you about the things that you need to be doing, it's important to have somebody, a mentor, a sponsor, an accountability partner, somebody who's been down that road that can help you, that can walk you through this. I've told a story before about my sponsor, Tim, whenever Pam and I would be fighting in the beginning when I first had clean, I would go to him and I'd be like, Tim, you wouldn't believe what Pam did. You wouldn't believe this. And I would tell him and he'd say, you're wrong, Bob. She's completely justified in, in doing that. You're wrong, Bob. Ah, but it was the way I felt, right? I mean, that's real. And that's real. We really feel that way. It may be wrong, but that's the way we feel. It's important to be able to recognize that and say, this is the reality of it. This is the reality. This is the way I feel. And so this is what we need to do. This is the important thing of this, is we need to write these things down. What? I don't have to do that. God doesn't need me to do that. Oh, yes, he does. <laughs> Actually, God doesn't need you to do it. You need to do it for you. Because we may feel a certain way, and that may be real to us, but that doesn't mean it's right. And something happens when we write it down. When we write it down. Because you guys, I, I'll just speak from my experience. When something's going on in my head, when I replay certain situations and circumstances that have happened in my life, when I replay them, I ain't replaying the reality of what it is. I'm venting. And you know, you guys heard that thing. There's three conversations you have. There's the conversation you really had, the conversation you think you had, and then the conversation you have to the steering wheel on the way home. We're going to begin to learn that we have resentments in our lives that have caused us to make choices. We have hurts in our lives that have caused us to make choices. We have coping skills or coping mechanisms that are ingrained within us that make us do things, and we don't understand why. God wants to sanctify our souls. If you've received Jesus, you have received forgiveness for your sins, past, present, and future. Nothing can take you out of God's hand. But you cannot sin enough to get unsaved. What? If you still continue and you desire to sin and that just keeps going on and you desire to do that and you haven't had a change, you need to stop and ask yourself, have I really received Jesus as my Lord and Savior? Have I really done that? Because there should be some kind of change. There should be some kind of difference made. God wants to have a relationship with us more than we want to have a relationship with Him. I mean, He really does. If you're like me in the beginning, I, yeah, I, I could believe that because I didn't really want to have a relationship with Him. 
I just wanted him to fix all the stuff that I was going through and take me out of the consequences for the choices I had made. I just wanted him to fix some stuff. But part of the sanctification, part of walking in the kingdom of God, is taking responsibility and accountability for the choices that we make. That is a sign of maturity. That is what will make the difference in our lives. If, we, if we're not willing to take responsibility for the choices we're making, be it good or bad, we will never grow in Christ. Even though nothing can snatch you out of the hand of God, you have free will. You can't wait. Thanks for listening. Please comment and subscribe for upcoming podcasts. To order your copy of My Real Life, go to the Take Action page at our website, reallifeministries-stl.com or go to Real Life Ministries STL on Facebook.